born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Well, hello everyone and welcome back. This is Karen Schoen and it is 2024. I have labeled this year as the year of action. And you're listening to the prism of America's education because that's where the action is going to be. We're going to be doing a lot of educating because I found out over the holidays that most people know very little about what's going on in our country. And that is extremely, extremely troublesome. I was reading a great article and I wanted to share some of it with you because it brings to light everything that we have been talking about in the last year. And I have labeled 2024 the year of action. It's not just action that we are going to take. We also have to look at what evil is going to take. And evil is the globalist empire that feels that they should be able to own and control everything. Let us never forget what Klaus Schwab said. You will own nothing and be happy. Nope. We will own nothing and they will be happy because they will be getting all our stuff. So how does that work? Well, Patrick Wood wrote a fabulous article and I wanted to just read a little bit from it because it gives a very clear understanding of what these people are about. And the sad part is they tell us all the time what they're going to do. We just don't believe them. We don't listen. We go, no, why would they want to do that? Well, They are doing it, folks, and we have to learn and be a step ahead of them so that we are able to tell the truth when we hear their lies and then act. And that's why I call this the year of action. Apparently, the Trilateral Commission got together, and the Trilateral Commission was set up by the Rockefeller Foundation. They uh, did quite a bit of damage to our country. Now, imagine that. What were they involved in? Oil. Why are they demonizing oil? They hate competition. Globalists hate competition. Everything has to be controlled by them. So they'll demonize and put out of business all of the wonderful companies because they don't own and control them. And the Trilateral Commission decided that that 2023 was the year one of the new global order and that they were going to put in place and in 2024 act upon what they put in place in 2023. And according to what Patrick Wood said, by the way, he's got a great um a great newsletter that you should all get, and it's called technocracy.news. He said, they are not playing fiddlesticks here. I got the message loud and clear, and so did Klaus Schwab and his World Economic Forum cult. And I wrote, this is Patrick, the Trilateral Commission is acting as the quarterback. They relayed the call to the WEF. They said, this is the year, 2023, the year one of the new global order. 
In other words, pull out all the stops. The Great Reset has arrived. Execute the battle plan to terminate capitalism and free market economies. We are experiencing a polycrisis of doom where multiple crises are are descending upon us simultaneously. And that's what I say, folks. Everything is connected, and we have to understand that. There is a man-made energy crisis that is warm that is warning you against coal, oil and natural gas. There is a man-made food crisis that is warning us against all traditional food systems. There is a man-made financial crisis that threatens the collapse of the existing financial system. And this is a man-made military conflict between Russia and Ukraine, and that threatens World War III. Any one of these pending crises could be seen as a scorched earth policy, and that's what transformation means. It means that we will destroy so that we can rebuild in our own image. And with that in mind, I have asked a a, friend, I won't say an old friend, (laughs) I don't like to put labels on things, but a friend who is the content manager for the Mises Institute, a fabulous institute. And if you don't get their emails, that's another one you should be getting. And his name is Tho Bishop. And Tho is an expert on the economy. And he's going to take the next segment and explain to us what we can expect in this global transformation and what we can do to help stop it. Because being educated is one of the most most important ways of stopping anything. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And happy new year to you. And uh, thank you for all of the work you're doing. I know how difficult it is to be on the team that keeps on that keeps on bringing bad news. But we have to have some good news along with that. And educating the people to me is the best news ever. Thank you. Well, thank you for that, uh, Karen, and ha- happy new year to you. Glad to be with you, and you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, in, in the time that we're living in, um, you know, step one is self empowerment and and you know, understanding the the deeper side of of the evils that are going on in this country. Um, you know, self education is one of the most important things you can do, and that is a, a mission that the institute has been dedicated to for well over forty years now. And well, it is. Wonderful. Their articles are fantastic. And you know what the best part is, folks? You can read them. (laughs) They're not written in a a, a language that makes it so impossible that only an economist can understand. So, Tho, can you explain to our audience what is going on in the economy, what we can look for, and most important, what, if anything, can we do about it? Well, I think you did a great job of setting up a lot of the sort of global dynamics here, which is you know, really, we've seen for a good part of really for, for almost a, you know, well over a century now, the elevation of a financial elite, of a, of a, of a political elite, of a, this axis of state and big government, um, state and various so-called uh, philanthropic organizations dedicated to an ideological assault on the uh, kind of historical legacy of the ideas that drove the creation of the United States, of 
of, of Christianity um, and the, the social kind of foundations that allowed the West to thrive. And it is a dynamic that is meant to empower special interest groups. It's meant to empower the ever growing state. It's meant to uh, create a uh, society of dependence and of control. And we see this in a variety of, of aspects. One is, you know, as your listeners are probably highly aware of, is the debt and spending crisis that we have in the United States. And to be fair, not just the United States. Um, globally, you see countries, uh, you know, governments around the world that have extremely high uh, debt to GDP ratios. Um, you know, we've seen this kind of lockstep for, for most nations out there. There's been a spending binge um, really since, if you really want to kind of see the catalyst there, I'd point to 2008 and the response to the financial crisis back then. Um, and a big contributor to that has been the monetary policy that the Federal Reserve has done and that other central banks have engaged in following the lead of the uh, Federal Reserve, uh, which was you know, kind of taking interest rates, which is kind of the price of money, right? down to you know, near zero, or in some cases, in some countries, less than zero, um, which means you're actually penalized for saving. Um, that helped, you know, when you have those very low interest rates, that incentivizes spending, particularly for governments that are the biggest benefactors from that policy, that has allowed to help finance a lot of these various projects, whether it's, you know, I think the, one of the best examples is the uh, global warming green agenda out there with all these investments and you know so-called alternative energies and fossil fuels and this goal to kind of create this you know, fundamentally transform um, the energy sector which when you kind of take a moment to step back and really conceptualize just how foundational energy is to a modern economy i mean it's an aspect that is baked into every single good and service that we enjoy for the most part. It has incredible dynamics in terms of how you can control movement of people and the like. Um, a lot of these investments have been financed by this low interest rate policy um, and something that does not seem to be, you know, their their appetite for this hasn't broken. Uh, I, I don't expect to break anytime soon. And an additional element of this is a complete, complete distortion of the economy. If you have very low interest rates, that incentivizes corporate consolidation. Um, bigger governments can, uh, for example, buy competitors because their debt is more, you know, has, has, has additional value. It's they, they can borrow cheaper. Um, you know, the, the bigger you are, the, the more you benefit from that sort of environment. Um, that has, I think, contributed to an easy example would be big tech consolidation, which allows for it to be a more effective use of censorship. Um, doing what the state wants in terms of censoring information. We saw this in great display during the uh, the pandemic um, that uh, in, in the, the censorship pandemic that came with that from various authorities and the like. And so what we need to understand is that the, the fundamentals of the economy have been so distorted um, from a mix of these powerful institutions, bad government policy, but also just as importantly is an ideological corruption that you know the way that the so-called experts the way that most the majority of economists out there the people that make up the federal reserve the people that are advising the people in the trilateral commission the people that are seen as the so-called experts of the so-called economy have a very skewed way of looking at the discipline of economics itself it's it's rooted there was this big ideological change when 
um, an economist named John Maynard Keynes, um, who was a very sympathetic to the socialist cause, who himself was uh, actually a, a, a pedophile as an individual, and this was a very bad guy. And his work during um, in the lead up to the Great Depression, which justified high levels of government spending to kind of get people out of a out of a recession, um, justified all of these government interventions, the economy um, really uh, shifted an appreciation for the role of markets and what we might call the you know the laissez faire approach. Um, you know, a, a a very limited intervention approach from the state to allow for a prospering economy to this very hybrid corporatist, um, you know, one might say fascist, um, regulated control of a market economy that has taken over America, the West as, as whole, most countries out there. And that has been created the ideological framework that has provided cover for a lot of these larger, grander ambitions of the sorts of people that you mentioned in the lead up there. So we have a some very real issues in terms of the consequences, the seeds that have been sown by government policies, um, you know, whether that is the high spending rates, higher inflation, uh, manipulation of certain markets, particularly energy and the like, all of which are making Americans poorer. Um, they are particularly strangling that middle, middle class. They are rewarding big businesses. And often, as we know, a lot of the government programs there subsidize chosen classes, whether it be, you know, benefits to illegal aliens or other sort of groups that the state kind of views as, you know, that, that's kind of their patron class that they can kind of use as agitators. Um, and then we've got very larger multinational elites that have their own agendas that the states can be relied upon to help enforce it. And so I think from our perspective is how do average Americans um, for one, better understand what is happening to them, what can they do about what is happening to them, and most importantly, how can they think for the future, which is the most important thing out there, thinking about the well-being of our families, of our children, of what comes next. And uh, that's a dynamic that um, you know they, they, they want us to be to, to view ourselves as sort of atomized individualistic consumers rather than members of a family. They, they want to break these ties, to thinking about things larger than ourself, whether it is our religion, whether it is our family, whether it is our nation. And you know, this is a, a spiritual assault in many ways on really getting the, the sort of, of makeup, the sort of uh, uh, you know, ideological underpinning that allowed America to be exceptional in the first place. And they're trying to do everything they can to eradicate those very core foundational elements. Yes, and folks, we have to remember that why do they want to get rid of America? Because they cannot have America as an example for other countries in the world. They don't want people to see that America can own things. Americans, average Americans can own a house. They can own a car. They can own a business. That does not play with their rules. Their rules are they own everything and you will be happy. What, what, no, I don't think so. And a good example, I, I think a, a very powerful historical um, illustration of that very point. Um, if you look back at kind of the, the later days of the Soviet Union, one of the um, elements, there was a pop culture element that helped um, undermine the credibility of the Soviet regime amongst their own people was actually when uh, American sitcoms and soap operas started to be available to uh, average people in the Soviet Union. So you'd, you'd watch you know, soap opera like Dallas and you would see, uh, you know, the 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 servant the servant class, right? You'd see the 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 poor people in that um, 
have more abundance, have more ownership than the citizens of the Soviet Union. And so all this propaganda about how America's racist, how you know the the capitalist class you know controls the the proletariat and the like, you know, when you sell some of those just pop cultural elements there where they recognize that the well-being of again the lowest of the Americans portrayed on these pop culture shows were better off than the citizens, that had a very profound uh, psychological impact on the way that average Soviets um, saw the realities of the world that they were living in. Yes, and they can't have that happening again. So that's why we now have transgenders and we have uh, all of the ridiculous nonsense that leads to nothing except the destruction of our culture because they are trying to filter this throughout the world so that they can mask the fact that Americans can own things. And what can we do, though? Uh, what can average Americans do in order to educate themselves and to uh, be prepared? Because one of the things that Keynesian politics uh, does not uh, stand for are the consequences of your actions. They never talk about consequences. If you do this today, what's going to happen tomorrow? They're not interested in that. They just want power and they will steamroll over everyone and everything in order to get that power, even lying continually upon lie upon lie. And it's up to us to expose the truth and to understand that these actions have consequences and what are they and what can we do about it? Absolutely. And so education is a big part of that. Um, you know, there's some great, um, you know, it's a subject like economics is going to be a difficult one um, for many to to get into because, um, you know, so often you see this play out in even like basic high school economics classes, right? You, you kind of do the supply and demand charts and you, you, you shift uh, dots based off of different conditions on whatever word, word puzzle you're doing on. It kind of does a great job of kind of disconnecting um, the real core of economics from, you know, it's recognizing its its, its applicability to the day-to-day -day life. Um, so one of the things that the Institute focuses on is kind of our school of thought is called Austrian economics. Backstory there comes, our scholars came from, from Austria back before World War II uh, and the like. It's a whole other story. But it, our, our approach to economics is very logical. It's very, it's just a lot of kind of deductive reasoning um, at its core. And so there's some, some great... Um, easy to get into works there. Economics in one lesson by Henry Hazlitt, um, which has been around for 70-something you know, years now, is still, I think, one of the best entry points there. But the core of that, and you, you hit on this, is the importance of just simply understanding trade-offs, understanding opportunity costs, understanding that if I buy, if I spend my $5 to do X, that means I'm giving up doing Y. Um, this very simple concept um, is one that, you know, they, they you know, the it's amazing how how many very serious economic thinkers can kind of wave away and, and kind of create very complicated ways of dismissing. So these very basic ideas here. Um, and so starting off with that, I, th I think is very important, particularly if you have children um, navigating in this world. Again, economics is a, 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 a discipline that they do not teach particularly well. And the reason they don't is because what economics really teaches us is who is ripping us off. That is the social good of what economics provides to an educated society. Um, so that is a, a, a kind of a, a core foundational starting place there. The question then is, what do you do with this information? Um, and I think one important el element, and I, I know that you, um, a, a, a message that, that resonates with your, your listeners, I'm, I'm sure, is, is the importance of not giving up 
of not being demoralized, of not seeing all of the problems in this world and thinking that we are doomed, There's that, that the, the forces against us are overwhelming. That, that is not the, the way to go about it. The, the reality is that in spite of all of the problems, in spite of all of the um, all of the, the, the odds against us, against, in spite of all the power that these bad guys have, um, we do have major ways of making differences in our communities, um, having the, the, the willingness to take pride in your work to try to um, you know, create a, a business that can benefit not just your family, but your community around us. And I think this is one of the elements where people thinking more locally um, of, of people taking greater pride in their community, or I, I think in Florida the last few years, we've seen a lot more pride in our state. Um, viewing ourselves as um, kind of keeping the identity of our local community, of our state, as separate from this sort of homogenized uh, uh, notion of America as it exists in 2024. Um, you know, I think that they, they, what they they want us to feel homogenized. They want us to feel, um, uh, you know, that. We have to just live by the edicts of whatever you know a national democracy thinks about. If we instead focus on what we can do to elevate and uh, protect and strengthen and fortify our communities and our families, um, I think that's the way going forward. And so, some of the ways that we can do this is, you know, first and foremost, if you take the educational dynamic and you recognize what the elites have done, particularly the weaponization of the dollar, I think is a very obvious one, right? So we've seen the value of the dollar be devalued. Uh, we've seen significant devaluation last few years, right? We've seen a, a major inflation problem, but devaluation of the dollar has been going on nonstop for well over 100 years. Um, really, since World War II, there has been a constant target of 2% inflation. They try to pretend it's some sort of scientific measure. It's not. They kind of just pull it out of thin air. Um, but the explicit policy has been a 2% inflation target for this country. Um, obviously, it's been higher than that in the last few years, but it's been the explicit goal. That means that, and that is that is historically an, an abnormality. Prior to that, um, basically, you, you saw air, uh, events of inflation during war, and then after war, things kind of normaled off, normalized off, and so you had pretty stable relative prices. Um, obviously, innovations and things and the like that you take into account in that, but you saw relatively stable uh, prices in this country from its founding um, to World War II. So this is a very modern dynamic. So we have that element of the weaponization of the dollar, of that gradual inflation, which eats away of your savings, eats away at particularly those who cannot um, e either uh, refuse to play the financial games of you know overly investing in the stock market or speculative assets and the like um, out of fear of, you know, of, of the risk involved or simply because they're working paycheck to paycheck and they can't do anything more outside of you know some savings that they put, or put aside in their bank account. Um, if you don't play those financialized gains and you have been, you know, you, you, you have been made poorer because that's where the real gains, of the economy have been, been had, particularly in the last you know, 10, 15 years is that if you were invested in financial assets, your net worth went up. If you were not playing that game, then it stayed, you know, you know best case probably stayed you know, relatively flat, um, which is a real net loss given, uh, increased prices there, um, and so recognizing that the dollar itself as an asset is a tool that the state and various power brokers have used against us. Um, on top of that, you also have the, the surveillance and um, dynamics there where you have 
banks that have you know reported on customers, whether it's purchasing a firearm or because you you know you were in Washington D.C. during January six, you have banks um, you're providing their customer information to the FBI and these various actors. It's it's so you have a you have a economic dynamic there. You have a civil liberties dynamic there. Um, we see a foreign policy dynamic. They try to weaponize the dollar against Russia, and there's been some backfire from that um, with some of the sanctions and things like that they've done. Uh, so the, the dollar itself has become very much weaponized by the state and by these powerful actors. And so therefore, when we think about um, how do we protect ourselves better in the future, um, that's where it's important to think about um, putting some of your savings into assets that are you know, beyond the reach of the state, that are, that are depoliticized, if you will. And so these are things like gold. This is why you've seen people interested in Bitcoin um, you know, this is why, you know, obviously there's, there's, you know, long, uh, a lot of people have, have purchased real estate and sort of hard assets, um, as a, um, in, in some ways as an inflation edge or a hedge or some, as, as a safer commodity. And that's, that's fine as long as it's, you know, originally, you know, like you always have that sort of property tax dynamic where, you know, it doesn't matter, uh, uh you know, if you have your name on the deed, the state always kind of has the, has ownership in the end there. Um, but I think thinking about these sort of things and recognizing that the, traditional financial system, um, the the basic financial system is rigged against us. And therefore we have to look at alternatives uh, to protect our wealth in the long run. I think that's one of the most important things that we can do as individuals um, looking at this environment going forward. I could not agree more. And unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our segment. So I'm going to have to ask you to come back because it is wonderful to listen to positive things that people can do. And let's let's uh, do some homework, folks. Remember, I'm a teacher. You always get homework from the teacher. You have to start paying attention to the economy and you have to start asking those people that are running for office what is their take on the economy? Because the economy is one thing they never talk about. And that is the most important thing. That's the driving engine. So where can everyone find you? Well, most of my work is at uh, the Mises Institute, which is uh, M-I-S-E-S dot org. Um, I've got a podcast, a weekly podcast there as well. It's called Radio Radio Rothbard. Um, Rothbard, Murray Rothbard was a, an economist that uh, helped found the Institute. So that's where that name comes from. And that's with our chief editor, uh, Ryan McMakin. Um, so if you're looking for more content like that, uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And also if you're on X, um, then uh, luckily I have a unique name. So there's not a lot of Tho Bishops out there. So you can just find me at uh, Tho Bishop or send me an email at uh, Tho Bishop at gmail.com. Thank you so much. And folks, it's in your hands. The only people that are going to save this country are we, the people. We can't look at others to do it for us. It's not going to happen. You've been listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. And again, I will say, if you want your kids to be educated, get them out of those public indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools. And don't go away. We'll be right back. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, foreign protein cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Hope you get a chance to go to the new website that America Out Loud has put in place. It is very exciting. And if you want to listen to some of the older podcasts, just go to KarenBShone.com and it'll go you right to the podcast and to my articles so you can share 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 because we need to act 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 this must be the year of action or sadly we will have no country left to act about remember in the first segment i said that the globalist idea 
is to eliminate borders. So we can't be surprised that the borders are being eliminated. That's what they said. The problem was when they got elected, nobody listened. And that's been one of our problems for a long time. They talk, we don't listen. We go, oh, how stupid. They would never want to do that. Why would they want to do that? Well, guess what, folks? They do want to do that. One of the prime objectives of a good little communist is to eliminate private property. And private property comes in many forms. It's your body, your land, your business, and your possessions. Those are yours. That's your property. And in America, we believe in ownership. People should own things. Why? Because if they own them, they have a vested interest in keeping them in good condition and good shape. And America was determined to be a country where the people, the common people were allowed to own things. Well, they can't have that for the showing to the rest of the world because then other people would want to own things. Why do you think people want to come here? Why are they coming here in droves aside from the fact that they have been invited and they're getting all this free stuff, but they're coming here because in America, they could own things. And this has been a major sticking point with the communists for a very long time. And it's been a proven fact over and over again that if you eliminate a middle class, which is what they are trying to do, you will have two classes of people those that have, which would be the globalists, and those that are their slaves, which would be us guys. So we don't want to spend the rest of our lives being their slaves, which is why I, this show is filled with education for you to be able to take to others so that you can combat what's going on in your community, in your state, and of course, in our country. So we have to not be fooled. I heard a great sentence the other day, and I wrote it down, and I'm going to share it with you. And it said, globalists lie. We know they lie. They know we know they lie. But they will lie anyway, because their goal is power. So we have to remember that. And how do we know they're lying? Because they're talking. And every time they open their mouths, they are lying. They have a new word for lying, too. That's another good thing that they do. They change the vocabulary constantly. So now instead of calling it lying, they are calling it gaslighting. And that is what they are doing to us as the American people. They are gaslighting us. What does that mean? They are lying. It all goes back to the same simple word. So what we have to do is define the words that they're using and make them define the words that they're using. And that comes with a great education, which is where my sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, fits right in. Get your kids out of those incredible indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools. Homeschool your children. You don't want them to grow up thinking that the color of their skin is going to make sure that they will be secure in their job. 
No, it isn't. Whether they can function in their job is their security. Whether they have the skills to be able to read, write, and do math is their security, not the color of their skin. This whole concept of die, D-I-E, and I call it D-I-E, not D-E-I, because they want to kill us. They tell us that all the time. Oh, the earth is too populated. There's not going to be enough food. Well, of course there won't be as they create a man-made food shortages. And one of the ways they have been doing that, especially in the state of Florida, is replacing our farmland with solar panels. So what do solar panels taste like? I have no idea because is that what we're going to be eating along with those bugs? Well, one thing that solar panels have done is they have ensured that China will get a hefty part of the poor American budget and make sure that we remain in debt constantly. But fear not, folks, they have devised a new plan. And that plan, I am proud to say we were able to not stop, but get an extension for the people to be able to comment. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about their new corporation that they are trying to lie to us and tell us that it is a wonderful thing to be part of a called a national asset company. Now, what is a national asset company? We call them a NAC. And when it comes to land and knowing about land and knowing about private property and how important that is, I have asked a good friend, Kathleen Marquardt, to join me today and go over some of the wonderful writings that she has done in a variety of magazines. And Kathleen is the vice president of the American Policy Center. So you will be able to find her incredible writing there. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you had a happy new year. I did. And thank you for inviting me because this is such an incredibly important topic, which should be have been laughed off of the anybody's ideas. It is so absurd, so asinine, excuse me. And and I just I'm shocked. I'm just shocked. We we, we keep thinking we've hit rock bottom. Hey, I don't even want to know what rock bottom is when this isn't even close. I know they're asking, they are actually asking and telling investors, you invest in our our company and we're not going to give you a return on your investment. How does that make sense? I mean, that's the that's the simple part, aside from the fact that they want to do, use this company to steal our natural resources. But why would somebody want to invest in a company where they know up front they're not going to make a return on their investment? Does that make any sense at all? No, I just said these people are so evil that it, it, you're right. It, you, every time you think that it's the bottom, there's another place to fall. They come up with another plan. Yes, but you ask if it makes sense. It makes absolute sense if you look at what the underlying plan is. It makes sense to say China and Russia and and Hamas and all of those can come in and buy up our land, 
and it's probably going to be, you know, pennies on the dollar. Um, and then they're supposed to use it only sustainably, which means don't use it at all. And they might do that some very much because think about it. If you shut down all our natural resources, which they're allowed, they're going to be allowed to buy our natural resources, our mining, our even our our parks, they're going to buy these natural resources and shut them down. So America has nothing to offer. I mean, it doesn't can it's like, how do you make sense of that? And 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 to say, you know, okay, so you you don't you're not going to get a return on investment. They're getting a major return because they're invested invested in China and Russia and all the places that have those natural resources and they'll just use those. But the bigger bigger the picture for me is that what they're doing is literally putting a cancer in the United States, we no longer will be the United States of America because we'll, China will own this part and Russia will own that part. And, you know, France will even maybe buy a little piece. I mean, we, we won't own our country, so our laws will not cover those places. It's beyond. It's horrifying, isn't it? It's it's literally horrifying. And if my memory serves me correct, it's not their land to sell. They have no right to sell America's land. They have no right to sell the resources of America because the federal government is not allowed to own land if we followed the Constitution, which, of course, they don't follow. So in the Constitution, the federal government is only supposed to own maybe the parks and maybe the buildings of which their uh, governmental offices are um, reserved, then they have absolutely no right to sell our natural resources. They belong to the people. They are supposed to be used for we the people, not they the government, and they have no right to sell them. I think she does that on purpose. <laughs> She's, oh, you're on the radio. Let me see if I can sit and meow at you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyhow, let me pick up where we were. And folks, this is the gaslighting that our federal government is telling us. These are the lies that they're telling us. Remember when Hillary sold 20% of America's uranium to Russia? Nobody remembers that. And here's another one that I get. I, I, I am hoping that we can get Donald Trump to eliminate, and this is an executive order, so he has the power to eliminate executive orders because they did not go through Congress. Well, this is Executive Order 12803, and it was put in place by George Bush 41, that global criminal, um, where he allowed foreign entities, foreign companies, private corporations to purchase America's infrastructure. And that was the beginning of this. So by allowing that to happen, I know that down in South Florida, we have a road called I-95, and that was purchased by Spain. And they control the tolls on that road. So the money doesn't go to the Floridians as it should. It goes to a Spanish corporation. Where in the heck does anybody have the right to do this? 
Well, they don't. They have made up things like executive orders. And this is one of those orders that President Trump has to work on really hard and get rid of because we have to stop foreign entities from being able to purchase America. Isn't that what they're doing, Kathleen? They're buying America. Oh, they're selling it out. Yes. And and you, you I want to say you mentioned executive orders. Well, after Bush did that, Clinton in two executive orders, one in 98, he um, 13... 083, um, it redefined what state was. So it included different types and levels of government and delineated between constitution and federalism and allowed the president to declare natural emergencies where FEMA would give all the power over the local governments. And then in 99 in EO 13132, I think, um, Congress submitted a bunch of bills to further the new federalism, which internationalized terminology and is a rewrite of the Constitution by redefining the levels of government, words, and the powers of government. It empowered the federal agencies. This is reinvented government. So the balance of power has shifted, destroying the checks and balances in the Constitution at the local level, and therefore destroying representative government. This power shift is a philosophical shift to a completely new form of government. It's a merger between government, corporations, and non-governmental organizations. 1999. 1999. Folks, these are things that your legislators have no idea and probably couldn't even conceive that this has gone on. Executive orders were allowed and were to be used to lay the foundation for a government agency to be able to conduct business. It was not supposed to be used as a blanket law that Congress is supposed to be writing, not the president. The president has no business, has no right to write laws. The president is supposed to execute the laws that Congress has put in place. And an executive order is supposed to describe that execution. It is not supposed to mandate to the people a new form of government or a new form of business. And that's one of the reasons why this NAC is so dangerous, because it has no right being in business, number one. And how can you sell something that you don't own? And that's what the government would be doing. If I don't own the car, and I don't have the title to the car, how can I sell the car to somebody else? You can't do that. Am I right, Kathleen? Even in kindergarten, they should have learned that one. Yes. People do not, one, they're being told all the time, um, you won't own anything and you'll be happy. So maybe that's what what they think we're going to fall for in this, you won't own your own land. Let me ask you this question. So I think, well, remember when you were in school, they said you had to have the action word. And I think the action word for these NACs 
should be the first letter should be S for stealing our natural assets, because that's that's what it's all about. It's to it's to rob us of anything of value, and that includes our farmland. And they can take our farmland and just not, uh, you know, they can just turn up the soil and leave it, and it won't grow anything. So they can, they can help starve us out. I mean. All these things that if you start, stop and start thinking of what happens if evil people, more evil people, I should say, because we got plenty here now in our own government. If evil people come in and say, okay, how do we destroy America quickest? And you get rid of the farmland, you take away all water rights. So who's going to get water? Maybe you have a well on your property and they'll come out and say, Okay, we're going to put a measure on it and you get two gallons a week and we'll charge you for every bit you do. You know, all these things, people, you have to use your imagination because what is happening to us now cannot be conjured up from what we learned in history class or anything else. What we're being hit with is total annihilation of thinking rational, moral beings. Absolutely. And remember, I always say that they have no consequences for their actions. So they have taught the people not to have consequences. Well, as Kathleen just said, if let's say Russia comes in and buys 10 million acres in Yellowstone National Park, then what's going to happen to that land? Well, first of all, Whatever is there and is produced from there belongs to Russia, not America. How does that work? And that has actually happened in, believe it or not, uh, Arizona. And the communist governor, Katie Hobbs, even got a bill. She signed an executive order prohibiting Saudi Arabia from taking the water off of the land that they had purchased and shipping it back to Saudi Arabia. So this is a small scale of what we are going to be facing in the future if this and I love your uh, stealing natural assets. Um, I think that's, what would we call it? A snack. That's what they're doing. They'll be snacking on America. So we have to turn the knack into a snack by having people understand that this is theft. And it is theft of natural resources under the eyes of their favorite topic, conservation and saving the planet from climate change. Folks, you can't save the planet from climate change. Climate is going to change no matter what we do about it. It's not going to matter. So they're lying after lying after lying. And this one to me is one of the biggest because it is theft. They're going to squeeze the farmers out so that they have no recourse other than to sell their property. And who are they going to sell it to? Some BlackRock organization that's going to come in and say, nah, we're not going to farm anymore. And this is what has happened in California. California used to be the biggest food producer in America. They are sorely lagging behind what used to be in the breadbasket in the beautiful valleys of California, which 
which are now becoming nothing other than desert wasteland filled with solar farms. Isn't that a shame? One of the other things I noticed that they want to do, Kathleen, is take down the dams. What is that all about? I can I could tell you I could give you two hours on that. Um, in 1994 or 95, I was on a, in a meeting that the federal government held for people in Montana, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon, um, and parts of Canada over the Columbia River Basin. And, and here was the key line that they told us why they were going to take out the dams and give the, the native tribes all the water rights and everything was because they were turning that area back to pre-Columbian time. Pre-Columbian time, that just meant no white man, right? <laughs> closing the dams because dams give us power. They also give us energy, our power, our energy. And it's, quote, sustainable. It's natural. It's not fossil fuel. This is hydroelectric power, which is part of probably one of the cleanest power sources we have in America. Kathleen, what they're doing makes absolutely no sense at all. Of course it does if you're them. And and you were saying the farmers were going to have to sell out. Why do you think the farmers are going to get the right to sell? With the way our government is going, the government is going to confiscate that land because it's too big of a carbon footprint. We're going to just shut you down, Karen. Yeah, that's um, true. Jaded. I am so jaded by what these people have done, but I've been doing this for over 30 years. They had their way. We would be living in caves because they think that humans are the enemy of the earth because we're using resources. So we must be eliminated. And they say that over and over again, don't they? Yes. I mean, they shut down, the, like you were talking about, the breadbasket of, of the world was what it was in California. And they used the Delta smelt, which is not an endangered or even threatened fish, to shut down all the irrigation for those farms. Is insanity raised to the highest levels of government? And while we're trying to fight with reason, logic, civility, and laws, we are really, I mean, how do you fight this with with these reasonable things we have to we are we're figuring it out we're working it out now how to fight this because everybody is afraid to speak out well by the time anybody's ready to speak out it is going to be too darn late right and that is where we are right now we have to vet our candidates. And Kathleen just gave us two bills that we need to, excuse me, Kathleen just gave us two executive orders that we also have to bring to President Trump's attention. And because they are executive orders, he has the ability to cancel them. The two that she mentioned changes our economy, changes the way we do business and partners with that disgraceful convention of the states. So don't allow your um, legislators in your state to even dream about a convention of the states. It is the stupidest idea, especially when you understand that in order for a convention to happen, new rules, that's the first order of business of any convention is to set the rules for the convention. So here's the first rule that they're going to set. 
uh, we're going to not use the Constitution anymore, and we're going to replace it with a new Constitution. And since these people are such liars, I do not believe one word that they say that they would not allow this to happen. They are liars. They want to change the Constitution. They already have one written, and they're just waiting in the wings to be able to kill the free market and to steal our land so we will have nothing and they will be happy. So thank you all for listening, folks. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network. Please visit our new website, americaoutloud.news, and my fabulous sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please, if you are in Florida, go to the Alliance website and look up the grades. You will be horrified. They... Department of Education says 80% of the Floridians are graduating high school. And then look at their reading scores and math scores, but they can't read and write and do simple math. This is a travesty that we are throwing on our children, and it's time that we put an end to it. And with that note, you've got work for next week, and I will see you again next week. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week.